Everybody's good? Fantastic. Well, I said earlier, I'm Jim. I'm the community life pastor uh, here at Connection Point Church. Uh, welcome to all of you that are joining us online. We're so glad that you're with us today. Um, yeah, right? Thank you. Uh, there you go. Uh, in case you didn't know, our lead pastor, Pastor Maddox, is and his wife are leading our team in Israel. If you've been on Facebook at all, you've been seeing the pictures and wishing you were there, right? I know I have been. I mean, but uh, anyhow, so uh, pray for them. They still got a few days over there, so we want to see them just really have a great time, everyone to be healthy and safe and all that, right? So that's going on right now. They'll be back in just a few days, but until then, I get the, the great and awesome privilege of bringing the Word of God today, and I'm thrilled. Um, so let me begin by saying today is my daughter Shana's birthday. Look at that. Isn't that cute? Look at all that hair over here. Everywhere we went, everybody didn't even look at this. Look at that hair. Is Shana's birthday. Today. Yes, I'm one of those annoying parents that, you know, you get around me for 60 seconds and I'm talking about my kids. Okay, that's just me. I, I do that. Uh, nobody else does that, right? Just me. Uh, but today's her birthday, so I get to focus on her. So uh, I'm just going to pick on her. Uh, but like I said, if you've been around me for 60 seconds, I, you'll find out that I am hopelessly smitten by my kids. Uh, they breathe life into me every time I'm around them. It's just awesome. I love my five kids. They're just amazing. And, uh, and my soon-to-be daughter-in-law, Emily. Yeah. Uh, just a few weeks. Yeah. So anyhow, I got I to gotta put her in there. Um, but anyhow, um, I will admit it hasn't always been that my kids breathe life into me. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I flashed that picture up there, and, you, you know, there's a few, oh, you know, you get that. But, you know, not every moment with my kids are oh moments. They're not. There's some ah moments. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, that was too, that was too loud on that amen there. Sorry. So um, this sweet little Shana girl, you know, she had a dad that took a far too long to understand her. And... Uh, and understand just who she was. And it took me a little while to figure out that this girl is just unbelievably, exceptionally tender and caring toward people, just unbelievably so. And, and she just had, her, her channel, her spiritual channel is just tuned into God. Just literally. She's just one of those kids, you're like, wow. You know, she just gets it. And she just, lo- and, and, and God speaks to her and uses her because she just really loves people. And she's just amazing. She's full of life. And everywhere we go, you're going to hear her. Uh, she sticks out. She brings the party everywhere we go. Trust me. Uh, she does. Teenagers, you know what I'm talking about, right? Shana brings the party, right? She does. Um, but at the same time, uh, she does march to the beat of her own drum. And uh, as a dad, I wanted her to march to the beat of my drum. Come on, parents. You know what I'm talking about, right? It happens. So I, I, I had to learn some stuff with all of my kids. I had to learn how to find my way into her heart and celebrate who she was and see the beauty of this kid and look past the fact that she was marching to her drum and I was marching to my drum and I couldn't get her to tune into it sometimes, right? You, you know where I'm at. I, hopefully, I'm not the only person that's feeling this way right now. It's kind of awkward. <laughs> Anyhow... Um, so, you know, I, instead of her conforming to my ways, I had to learn to love her for who she was. 
And that took a little bit. Big difference. Big difference. And so, um, and it's something that we all are guilty of, not just with our kids, but people, right? We just do this at times. And, and, and so I had to learn her love language, her heart, and who she was. It, it's kind of like this. Moms and dads, you know how it is. You bring your little, that little blob of flesh home from the hospital, and they're awesome. They're great and everything else. And, and you put them in the crib, and, you know, you don't just go over to the crib and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, that's all you do all day. I love you. I just want my kid to know I love him. And that little baby is like, great. Love for me is full stomach, clean diaper. You can say I love you all day long. It doesn't really mean anything. You know, you know it's just the way it is. They, don't, they really don't know too much about love, and they don't really care about it. And so I, I'm saying all that to say this. That's kind of like this conversation that I want to bring up. We should just leave that picture up there all day. That's just gorgeous to look at. Anyhow, um, <laughs> it's this conversation that Peter had with Jesus. And I just want to dive into this and just kind of use that as a backdrop a little bit. Uh, by the way, the name of today's uh, sermon is How to See Jesus. Does that sound interesting to you? Okay, then let's, let's, let's do this together. How to See Jesus. And that's kind of where I'm going with this this morning. So let me look at this verse here in uh, John chapter 21, verse 15, where, and you probably remember, some of you know this, this conversation. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. So what you see here is he said, Simon, do you love me? And he's like, yes, Lord. And you don't see Jesus saying, oh, good, you love me. That's all I wanted to know. I just wanted to know if you love me, Peter. That's all I care about. Do you love me? Great. He said he, he, said he loves me. Did you hear that, disciples? He loves me? Great. And, and walk away. That wasn't it. What he wanted, so when, G, when Peter said, yeah, Lord, I love you, what does he say? Feed my lambs. I need you to do something. I need you to feed my lambs. Goes on. Look at verse 16. Um, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend my sheep. So what if Jesus, the head of the church, is looking at you today, which he is right now, looking at all of us, and he's calling your name and he's saying, do you love me? Do you love me? Uh, it is saying the, to the Lord, yes, Lord, I love you. Is that the evidence that you love him? And the answer this morning is no. You, we can say that, but the evidence of your love to Jesus isn't you saying, I love you. I mean, it's good, but he's saying, if you love me, then I need you to do what I say. And what does he say to him? Tend my sheep. So just to make sure that he gets it, right? Look at verse 17. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him third time, well, Lord, come on, three times. Love you, love you, love you. Come on, got to get this. And he said to him, Lord, you... Uh, you know everything, and you know that I love you. What does Jesus say? Oh, he says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Is it a big deal whether we love the Lord or not? It's a big deal. Amen? It really is. It's the biggest. Loving him is a huge issue, and it's not what you think that you know about him. It's not your incredible Bible knowledge. It's not what you know about righteousness. It's not what you know about end-time prophecy. Those things are important. They're great. They're awesome. The big, the big issue for all of us sitting here this morning is do you love Jesus, right? That's a, that's a huge issue. And so right here, Jesus is saying to Peter and all the disciples and to every single one of us sitting here today that his love language, here's my love language. If you want to say I love you to me, then here's how you do it. 
I mean, he's not looking for us to say, I love you, I love you, I love you. That's not, I mean, that's, that's great. Those words mean something. But Jesus is saying, he's looking at Peter and, and all of his disciples. If you really love me, then do what I say. That's big, isn't it? That's his love language. That's the way into his heart. Do what I say. So the big issue for us today, sitting here, Christ followers, my friends, family, and everything, everyone sitting here, is not for us saying it, but doing what he says. So that brings us to my text for this morning. This, this was a journey of a long time study, and this, this text really just came alive to me. Uh, for some of you who were on the worship team, we, we kind of did a study on this um, a couple of years ago, and I just really felt impressed to come back to this. I really like this text. There's so much in John 14, 21 right here. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest, manifest myself to him. Who loves him? What does it say? The ones that keep and do. Those that are doing his commandments. That's how you love him. Those that reverence his words. Those to whom, those to whom his words are everything. That's Jesus' love language goes on in verse 22 Judas not Iscariot said to him Lord how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world how many people think about just for a moment how many people on this planet right now today God is not real to them at all there's a lot of people in that boat Jesus is not real to them in any way shape or form all they see is Jesus as some historical figure that lived a long time ago Others that are on this planet, Jesus is just as real to them as the, in their very next breath. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that all of us sitting here today, that most of us, somewhere on the inside of us, want Jesus to be real to us. More real than he is even now. I'm 100% sure that all of us want God to be more real to us. Am I right? We want that. And the truth is, can he be more real to us than he is right now? Probably. I like the way the Amplified says it. The Amplified says this, I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. I like that. I will let myself be clearly seen to him and make myself real to him. So, you know, if, there, if, if there's something that I can do that will make Jesus more real to me, if there's something that I can do that would cause a revelation, more a revelation of God in my life, shouldn't that be like a big priority in my life, right? And here he says, here's how you can do it. If you'll just keep my words, I will make myself clearly seen to you. If you'll just do what I say, I'll make myself clearly seen to you. That's the way of revelation to the heart of God. Jesus goes on in verse 23. It says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home in him. So again, how do we know the one who really loves the Lord? If you really love the Lord, you keep his words. Just real quick, that word keep, what does it mean? It means to treasure. It means to respect. It means to, to guard them, to not let loose of. It means to practice and do them. That's what, that's what he's saying. If you will guard and protect and watch and do these words, that, that's how you show me that you love me. And so that's what he's saying here. And so, again, we've been studying, you know, Pastor's been uh, leading us on a study of the book of Luke, and it's awesome. And I just really, this is what brought me back to this message because we're about ready to, he's just launching into what we call the red letters. Does anybody know what I mean by the red letters? The red letters in some of, the, some of your Bibles will show that those were the words that Jesus actually spoke. 
And so we're about ready to launch out into these red letters, and there was just something that kind of came alive in me that just remembered this study, because there's, there should be something on the inside of us. When you're reading the, the, the narrative of the New Testament, we see that red letter, something should go, whoa, wait a minute, that's Jesus. You know, something inside of us should sit up a little bit more and pay a little bit more attention, right? There, our, posture, our spiritual posture should kind of come to attention, because that's the very words of Jesus. And so I'm kind of hoping a little bit, I think it's good every once in a while for us to kind of get a spiritual chiropractic adjustment, right? You just need a little pop, and you're like, oh, thank you. No, yeah, that's great. And sometimes we just get a little bit of a, out of alignment. We get a little too casual, right? And it's like, wait a minute, this is Jesus. Something inside of us should, wow, come alive. So I'm convinced, you know, that, um, that sometimes we need that. And, and I know I need that too, right? And so I'm hoping that we can do a little bit of that this morning. So I want you to notice, again, let me just say this. Again, it's those who do his words. It's not those who beg. It's not those who plead. It's not those who sing the loudest, even though singing is good. Fasting is great. Awesome. That's not what he's looking for. He's saying, I need you to do my words. It's, and, and, you know, it's, honestly, if it was just about doing, you know, st- you know, singing louder or fasting, whatever, it's easier to do that sometimes than it is to do what he's told you to do, Right? I know that I get, you know, I've been spending a little bit more extra time with my grandkids since Andrew is out of, out of the country, and it's, it's just always funny how that kids will find something else to do besides what you tell them to do, right? And, you know, and you have to go over, hey, this is what I said, and keep the smile on your face before, you know. So, you know, sometimes um, it's just doing what he says sounds so simple, but the truth is it's one of those things that we all have to come to, that we really have to work on. Because the truth is, we don't like performance-based love. Now, think about that. We like that unconditional love thing. And we kind of like it the way that we like it, spelled out. Let me, let me kind of show you what I mean. We, we like this idea, Jesus, you love me no matter what I do and what I don't do. Jesus, I want you to know that I love you no matter what I do or don't do. That's the love that we want to define with him. And he's saying, no, I, I love you when you do my words. I love you when you keep and treasure and guard and don't let loose of my commands. That's my love language. And we like to define our own love languages. You, you just have to love me all the time, no matter what I do. And it's like, yes, I do love you, but if you really want to see me and you want for me to be clear to you and you want to have a real revelation, then you got to do this. you got to do my words. So that's, that's what he's looking for. So here, here's, here's my thought this morning. It's this. It's in the experience of obedience to the words of Jesus that Jesus will manifest himself to you personally. I think we really need to get that. Get that somewhere down on. It's in the experience of obedience to the words of Jesus that Jesus will manifest himself to you personally. Those who are truly Christ followers and disciples continue in the word are the ones who know and experience the truth. The truth makes us free. So what I want to do is, what I want to do is just take that thought, and I want to, inter- I want to, I want to introduce three simple ideas that will kind of help correct our posture, if you will. So what do we do when we hear these words of Jesus? And so these three things, this is what I'm going to do, is I just want to show you these, th- these three things here, and then we're going to walk through a couple of examples uh, of, of what that looks like. Um, if I can find my place. Uh, wow. I'm going way too fast. Excuse me. That's why I should have real notes up here instead of this thing. 
Y'all bear with me. I must, number one, we must recognize that these are the words of Jesus. We must understand what it means to us. And then we must ask ourselves if we're doing what he said or if we could do it better or more. So taking those three thoughts, applying them to the scriptures, specifically the red letters of Jesus, what I want to do is just give us an example. So let's take that and look at John chapter 1, and let's apply those three thoughts to it. So first example, John chapter 1, verse 35 through 38. The following day, John was again standing with the two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there's the Lamb of God. When, John, when John's two disciples heard this, they followed, the, they followed Jesus, and Jesus looked around and saw them following first four red letters of Jesus, book of John, first four words out of Jesus' mouth, what do you want? He asked them, they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? The last, the the words five, six, and seven, come and see. So let's just take a look at what do you want and come and see and apply those three things. So number one, we must recognize that these are the very words of Jesus. So Jesus said that. I mean, that kind of helps. It's red letters. (laughs) So we know that's the, the words of Jesus. Jesus says, what are you looking for? But there are, like I said, there ought to be something in us that just goes, wow, Jesus is talking. Stand up, pay attention, really, you know, get focused. Uh, because here's the deal, um, brothers and sisters. His words are not advisory. His words are not, they are not suggestions, right? These, and sometimes we treat them like that. We do, honestly, we do. Uh, you know, like you can kind of take them or leave them or do whatever you want to or analyze them or ask questions about them. And, and the truth is, these are the words of Jesus, these are his words, and they're not supplements to kind of help us with stuff. These are the words of God, the, and so the, in, in the life of a true disciple, so when Jesus spoke to the disciples, he expected them to listen to his words. Rule number one, disciple, your first job, listen to what the master says, right? So that was the first thing, his, and because they had to get to the place to, as a disciple that they knew that his words were the only words. His words were the words. His words were life, and they were their life. They are their life. And as Christ followers, there has to come a time for all of us that when we hear the words of Jesus, we go, those are my only words. That's how I live my life. If he said it, that's how I do it, right? So there's no discussion. There's no debate. (laughs) Can you imagine, you know, the disciples debating? You don't know. It's not going to happen, right? When he says it, it's just time to do it. That's the way it works. Master, disciple, he says that we do it. What do, you, what do you want, he says. Other translation says, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? And again, who's talking here? So when Jesus asks a question, and if Jesus were to look at you and just come sit down next to you during weekly review, and says, what are you looking for? What, what, are, you, what are you looking for? What do you want? I mean, you know, do you th- I mean, was he just kind of saying that? Off, you know, I mean, these are the words of Jesus, right? So what does that mean to us, number two? Because the truth is, does it, does it matter what you're looking for? It really does. I mean, there are, it, it, otherwise Jesus wouldn't have brought it up. The first four words that are recorded in the book of, uh, of John is Jesus saying, what are you looking for? He brings it up. It means something. The, Jesus, son of God, when he says, what are you looking for? Then think, you know, it really gets our attention. Because seek and you shall, right? Because what you're looking for, there's spiritual principles that apply when you're looking for stuff. Think about that. 
There are spiritual principles that come into order in your life when you're looking for stuff. Think about just for a moment, Google, the great search engine. What are people looking for on Google? So I had to Google what people were looking for on Google. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to figure it out myself. And it's interesting, you know, and of course, it, 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 that's this week. You know, in, you can look at trends, you know, I know it changes, you know, certain things that are going on, certain videos that, that, are, that are going viral, whatever. I'm just talking in general. The number one thing that people are looking for on the internet is porn. The number two is games. Three is recipes. That's all right. They all come across Facebook every day. Don't diet and go on Facebook because people post all these crazy things that you should not need on Facebook. Anyhow, uh, real estate is the next one. Coupons, fitness, sports, legal advice. So, you know, and, and of course you guys know how it is. If anything comes up and you don't know the answer, hey, let me Google that, right? But what are you looking for? That's a big deal sitting here right now. What are you looking for? It's a big question. What if you're looking, you know, the truth is, whether we're looking for good stuff or bad stuff, spiritual laws come into play in our life. Let me just encourage all of us, stop looking for wrong stuff. You know, you can, if you want to find wrong stuff in somebody in your life, you can find it. Husbands and wives, you want to find something wrong with your husband or wife, you can find it. Just go looking. It's there. In spades, it's there. It's a lot of there. Uh, you start looking for faults and failures in your kids, You'll find it. <laughs> it's there. Uh, it's in all of us, right? But I love when there's something inside of us that can go through the high grass of our flesh and go, I know there's a diamond in there. I know there's beauty in there. I know there's life in there. I know there's something good in there. And yeah, I could go looking for all the other stuff, but I'm looking for the good. I'm looking for the right stuff. Go virtue finding in your kids. Go virtue finding in your wife. Go virtue finding in your husband. Amen? Amen. You know, you can look through the Bible, and if you just want to find cursing and judgment, listen, you'll find it there. But did you also know that there's a whole lot of stuff like blessing and healing and life and the goodness of God? That was one of the most interesting studies the Lord ever directed me. He said, I want you to go through the book of Revelation and underline everything that shows the goodness of God. And I was absolutely blown away that uh, there's a huge theme of the goodness of God through the book of, of Revelation. But that's not what most people are looking for. They're looking for the judgment. I'm bring it down. So Jesus is asking a legitimate question. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Why does he ask this question? Because he knows a question that, like, that gets to our heart. And Jesus is all about our heart, isn't he? So that question wasn't just, uh, you know, like, what are you looking for? Let's, let's find out what you're all about. So let's go on to the next thing, because Jesus does want to look into our heart. We must ask ourselves, are we doing it? <laughs> You'll find what you're looking for. What do you want to find? Are you looking for revelation this morning? Are you looking for strength? Are you looking for joy, for peace, for direction? Are you looking for wisdom? Are you looking for healing? Are you looking for Jesus? Are you looking for life? Are you looking for an answer? Are you looking for a second chance? Seek and you will find it. Jesus said this, right? Do you love him? <laughs> and we do. But he says, seek for it. I think, church, every once in a while we just got to stop and say, Lord, we're seeking after you. 
I'm hoping that in here today that, that we're, we're seeking for truth, we're seeking for life, we're seeking for the blessing of God. Because here's what it comes down to, and here's, here's the thought. You can take, those are the first four words of Jesus, and you can apply them to your life this way, and that is, I must align my heart with the heart of God if I am to truly follow Christ. So there's just four words, and, but you got to, what, what does he say, what did he mean by it, and what does he want me to do with it? And so that's really, you know, that's how we posture ourselves when we hear the words of Jesus. What is he, who is saying this? What do they mean by it? And, and am I doing it? And so you can read those first four words, bring us to that. Lord, help me to align my heart with your heart. If I'm really going to be a true follower of Christ, then I got to get this, my life lined up with yours. Is that right? So then it goes on. Let me give you an example number two. The next five words, five, six, and seven, come and see. Come and see. So again, who said this? Jesus, right? So that helps. Again, it's red letters. We know it's him. Um, we do at times, and, and I'm, you know, I know that there are times in our life that when Jesus says stuff to us, we, uh, we can debate. And I know some, there might even be people present here today who you're still debating on whether or not you're going to submit to and forgive or walk in love to something that God has shown us to do. And time goes by, and we're still wrestling with some of the stuff that God's telling us to do. I've heard people say, pray for me. It's hard. It's hard right now. Listen, sometimes it's only hard when we haven't made that commitment to just do, that there isn't that commitment in our heart that says, Lord, whatever you say to do, I'm just going to do it. It gets hard when we're not submitted. It gets hard when we don't yield to his word. It gets hard when we still see his word as something that we can choose to do or not to do. And so there comes a time when we have to say, if he said it, that's it. I have to do it. That's just the way it is. Jesus said it. I'm going to do it. If you're going to be a Christ follower, we've got to quit arguing with the word of God. Amen? The word, if the word says give, we give. The word says obey, we obey. If the word says honor, we do it. We submit, we do whatever it says. So again, so that's Jesus. We know that Jesus is saying, come and see. So he's telling them, come and see. And the second thought here is, what does he mean by that? Come and see. What if, you, what if they were to stay away and they didn't seek? What if the disciples just stayed away? Stay away. He's not telling them the whole story on purpose. He's not telling them everything that this means on purpose. Before this, they've been following John. They're serious. They want to see something. They want to know something about the kingdom of God. I mean, they, they really, they're hungry people. They're looking for something. They're looking for God. They're looking for the Messiah. They're looking for salvation. They're looking for all of that. They're looking for fulfillment of scripture. So he says to them, what do you want? And they say, well, you know, where do you live? And he says, come and see. That wasn't come and check out my house. <laughs> you know, that's not what he's saying. Come and see where this is going. Come and see where this thing takes us. Come and see where the next step leads us to. Come and see what is going on. Take a step of faith. That's all he gave them was come and see. So many people want to hear about it, Google it, find out more, and then jump on the bandwagon, right? That's kind of somewhat, you know, the flesh wants to understand how does this work before I commit to it? I need more information. I need to see it. I need data. I need, I got research and, you know, but can I just say God doesn't operate that way, does he? No, he does, you know, you can't talk him into it no matter how much you try to on some stuff. So much, so much of the life of a, of a disciple depends on trusting his leading, doesn't it? It really does. 
you know, the what about questions. Can you imagine? The disciples, well, what about? Eh." You know, Jesus said, come and see. That's all you're going to get. Come and see. I need to know what to do next. You know, you can can hear it. Fill in the blanks with your own words and your own thoughts. If we love him, he says, come here. (laughs) You know, we don't say, well, how or why or what. You'll miss out. And, And sadly, I'm going to say there's probably some people here that have missed out on God's beautiful adventure because you're still saying what 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 about and i don't know and and the master's saying come and see i need you to take a step of faith i need you to trust me i don't lead you into a mess i don't i I lead you in triumph that's the way he works he is a faith jesus and faith pleases him come and see come and find out come discover it i mean you saw that with jesus when he called peter remember what remember what the name that he had for peter what did he call him he said you're a rock now, at the time, was Peter a rock? No. <laughs> he was anything but that. He was a mess. Um, but he called him anyhow. He saw there was a lot of instability. He was quick to talk and do things before whatever, you know, before he really knew what he was doing. But the truth is, you know, he calls us. He calls us to his heart. He calls us to himself. And, and you think about what he's called you. If he called Peter the rock, think about what he's called you. And he calls you good things. He doesn't call you a a sinner, old sinner, or a failure, or a mistake. He's called you the righteousness of God in Christ. He's made you wisdom, the Word of God said. He's made you, he calls you healed, he calls you blessed. And you know what? That's what he calls us, and we need to agree with that, right? If he's called us that, who are we to say anything else than that? We should agree with him and call ourselves what he calls us. You know, and so you can imagine these disciples, you know, they had no clue of what's next. But they just needed to know, if, if Jesus is calling us, that's good enough. We're trusting him. We're going we're to go wherever he says to go, and that's just the end of the story. When you love him and, and you trust him, it just doesn't matter. You don't have to know. So what does all this mean? It means this, that the pilgrimage as a disciple requires faith in his leading, doesn't it? Have you discovered that? If you're going to follow after Jesus, you really have to have confidence in his leading. So now let's take it to the third idea here is how does this apply to us? How does this apply to me? It's exciting. Right now, it's just, to me, it's at a very exciting time in the life of our church. Isn't it? God is doing some amazing things. Things are going on. He's leading us. He has a great story. You know, and we have an incredible history. We have an incredible past. There's an incredible legacy of leadership that's gone before us. And, but at the same time, are we satisfied with staying where we're at? The Lord is leading us. The Lord is saying, come here. Come here. I'm calling you even further. I'm not calling you to say, hey, wow, look at the story that God is here. Let's just kind of sit here and be comfortable and just kind of go, wow, that was an amazing miracle. Woo. Phew. Huh. Take your shoes off. Kick back and relax. He's not saying that. He's saying, come here. Let's go a little bit further. Saying, let's go. Because we know if we, will say, if we are the kind of church that, that, that will just simply say yes to the master when he says go, then he'll lead us to places that we'll never, we never thought were imaginable. If you love him, there comes a time when we just have to quit asking questions <laughs> and messing around and waiting year after year, and you'll just trot yourself right over there and say, yes, Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, that's good. That's just good preaching. <laughs> Even if nobody said amen, to that, that's just good preaching. There comes a time you just got to trot yourself over and say, I'm here. What do you want? Time to quit misbehaving. Because think about these disciples. What did they see for the next three and a half years? Did they see some stuff? (laughs) Wow. 
Could you imagine when Jesus said, come and see, if they were, <laughs> let me get on Google, let me check this out. Let, answer, Lord, can you give me a better job description? Can you fill in the blanks a little bit more? And it's like, sorry, you missed out. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. I mean, they saw miracles, thousands of people fed miraculously. Come and find out. That's what he's saying to us. Come and find out. That's just awesome. I love the way the Lord works. Come and see. Tradition, you know what tradition says? You know what our flesh says? Wait and see. Tradition says, wait, just hold on. Wait and see. Just kind of, I'll just kick back and see what's going on here. And let's see what happens. You know, let me find out. Come and see. These are the words of Jesus. And it all kind of comes down to this thought. Just those three words. Come and see. I must be willing to go wherever he leads me and do whatever he says if I'm going to truly follow Jesus. So those are two examples. Two examples of when you hear the red letters of Jesus, what do you do? What comes alive? Does something come alive in you? Do you stand at attention and go, this is the master. He's speaking to us. So as our pastor begins to take us into the journey of that, I'm hoping that something inside of us, our spiritual posture, if it's out of alignment, we'll get in alignment today. And I know the Holy Spirit can do that in a moment, just like that. He can help us to line up. Our willingness can get lined up, and we're, there we are. So let's just go back and just see that. I'm going to invite you to go ahead and stand with me this morning as we conclude together. Seven simple words. Seven simple words. What are you looking for? Which says, I must align my heart with the heart of God if I'm willing to follow, if I really want to follow Jesus. I'll never forget January 9th, 1973, when I discovered that my heart was not aligned with God's heart. I realized that. I may have only been 10 years old at that time, but I realized I needed to, to pray a prayer, Jesus, come into my life. What I, who I am in here is not in alignment with what you want for me. The direction I'm going is not the direction you want for me. Would you come in and cleanse me of my sin and give me a second chance? I realized that, that I was, that I needed to line up with his, his, his purpose and plan for my life. I'm so thankful for that. The Holy Spirit drew me into that. And there might be one person here this morning, there might be 20 people here that are here this morning, and the only thing that you know right now is that you are not in alignment with what God wants for you. The only thing that you know right now is that you, the direction that you're going in your life is not where you're really where you saw your life heading. All you know standing here right now is that you're looking for a second chance and a clean slate. Maybe all you know sitting here and standing here right now is I'm not looking for the right stuff. I've been looking for Jesus in all the wrong places. And I realize today he's the thing that I've been looking for. I've been looking for something, but he's what I've been looking for. And I'm going to ask you to do something that I did 41 years ago. And I realized that I needed to surrender my life. I came forward and I let somebody, a guy named, a guy named Dwight, pray for me and lead me to Jesus. So I'm going to ask for all of you to do the same. If you'll just close your eyes and give a moment. For those that are here this morning, says, that's me. I need to get myself aligned with Jesus. I need to follow Jesus. He's the one I've been searching for. My heart is longing for him, and I need him today. And so if that's you, we have people that will pray for you, They'll gladly take you and just pray with you and give you some information and a Bible and different things and get you started on that same path of a disciple that Jesus' disciples did. So Pastor Mark's going to be up here. And so I'm just going to ask, if you're here this morning, you say, I need my life aligned with the life of Jesus. I need to become a Christ follower today. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. That's you. You're saying that's me. I'm not going in the right direction. I see a hand right here in the middle. Thank you. My life's not going in the right direction. I need a second chance. 
I need a clean slate. I see another hand over here. God bless you. Thank you. Just going to pause a minute. I don't want to be in a hurry. We need our hearts aligned with the heart of God. Is there anyone else? Pray for me. I need that prayer. I need someone to lead me in that direction. Those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I, I remember doing that. Like I said, came forward and just said, hey, pray with me. Pastor Mark's right over here to my left. And if you'll just step out, we'll celebrate with you. We're so glad that you would do that. If you'll just step out and let Mark take you. And we have some people that would pray with you and give you some information. Uh, the rest of us just be thrilled that you today was the day that you found Jesus and got yourself aligned with him. So let's just give them a clap as they come forward over here to Mark. God bless you. God bless you. You can come over here tomorrow. Thank you. So the rest of us that are standing here, that second thought is I must be willing, right? I have to be willing to go wherever he leads me and do whatever he says if I'm to truly follow Christ. And I know most of us know this truth standing here today. I get that. But are we actually doing this? Maybe not. Maybe we are. Maybe we're halfway in it and we realize I need to get all the way in. It's not until you begin to do these things that you begin to get a picture of the revelation of Jesus. And so some of you for the longest time have said, I want to know Jesus. I need to know him more. I want to know who he is. I want to see who he is. This is the way in. Obedience. Obedience. It's, it was in their, the disciples' response to the word of God that they, they were allowed to see something of Jesus they never saw. Can you imagine when all of a sudden they opened up those water pots and they were turned to wine? They saw Jesus in a way they never saw before. Every time they did what he told them to do, all of a sudden a picture of Jesus became more clear. Every time you do whatever he is, he is that he calls you to do, you'll see him more than you saw him the day before. Loving and saying I love you is good, but he's looking for obedience from his church today. So again... As we dive into the book of Luke, I'm just asking us, think about this, this thought here. As followers of Christ, we need to remain focused on our obligation. It's an obligation. It's not a suggestion. As Christ followers, it's an obligation to always be ready to say yes to our Lord and Master. We are Christ followers. He's the Master. In just a moment, Chris is going to lead us in that song that we sang just a little bit ago. <laughs> My heart is yours. I give you my heart. I give you, I give you my trust. I give you my life. I lay it down before you. I take up the cross. I surrender it all. So I'm going to ask you to do something as we sing this song. Please let it be more than just words. For the next few minutes, as he leads us in this song, and just before we close, I'm going to ask each one of you to take those moments as the spirit is resonating in you, and you know I need to do more. I need to lean on, I need to trust in his leadership and his and his leading more than I am now. He's been asking me to do something, and I've been slow to respond. He's been suggesting I, I really yield to him, but I just haven't done it. I'm just holding back. I'm waiting and seeing. I've just been ambivalent. And today, I just need to say yes to the master and just do what he says. And so in that song, I'm asking you, as the Spirit has resonated in that through you, you make that commitment to the Lord as we sing this song. And let the words really be you. I surrender it all, Lord. I surrender it all to you. So Chris and your team, if you'll lead us in the be great.
Jesus. I give you my life. I give you my trust. Jesus. You are my Jesus.